Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 34. It is the first week in February 2020, the year of perfect vision. Um, we've made it past January. We've made it past Groundhog's Day. Um, and we've made it to our first race of the year. And it's officially race season, so I am fired up today. Um, hey, we've got uh, the first episode of a new year. We've got the first episode of a new decade and I cannot believe it's a new decade already. Some of you were emailing me. Some of you were um, messaging me saying, Rex, we want the best of the decade show. Um, okay. And then some of you wanted a reminder on how we start every decade here at the Fast Brackets Podcast. And uh, we're going to do it like we always do every decade, which is this. We get right down to business with the new year. Um, we're not going to give you that standard action of, uh, hey, man, we had a, a great decade run on this. Of course we did. Um, I will take one quick second to think back on all the technology improvements that these classes have made over the last decade and think about really how much better the cars are and the racing is comparatively even uh, in a short timeline of 10 years ago. Uh, but that's it. That's it. That's all we're going to do in terms of looking back. We're going to look forward. It's time to get at it. Let's go. No slowing down here today. No looking in the rear view. It's time to hammer down and get the wind light. Um, and we're going to do that, just that today for you. Uh, we've got two great guests on this week. We have Danny Nelson, your NHRA top dragster world champ coming on. And we also have from Weld Wheels, Josh Hamming. I cannot wait to get them on. So let's do it. Let's just get right to it. I know, you know, we all lead busy lives, but get to whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute to work. Clean the shop. Put that heap together for a new year. But either way, metaphorically speaking, put your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make them pass. Let's get them hot and put this thing in the water box. Um, and let's start with what didn't happen over the offseason. Uh, first of all, there were not any major changes in this offseason like there were last year. I mean, last year, NHRA broke out the new 610 index, um, added top sportsmen and top dragsters to the U.S. Nationals, which was great. I thought uh, – Certainly, the index can be debated. Uh, adding top sportsman, top dragster to the U.S. Nationals cannot be debated. It was an overwhelming success. Um, also, Midwest Pro Mod added top sportsman, top dragster to their series. So that was a big offseason last year. Lots of changes to these classes. Lots of um, changes to what guys and girls had to do with the cars, um, to their schedules, and you know opportunities to go make their mark. This year has been much calmer. Uh, maybe that's good. Certainly too many changes uh, is hard from a series standpoint. Um, you know, if you're a racer, it's hard to track that. Uh, sometimes it's hard to track that from a wallet standpoint as well. So um, what didn't happen this offseason was major wholesale changes. 
Um, there were some rumors that happened over the offseason, and we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in our mile per hour cone section later today. But uh, in terms of uh, wheel SFI certifications, and then also there were some rumors about floater axles, and we'll get to that um, at some point here as well. And I'm all for safety first. We've got to address that every offseason, sometimes midseason. And if you've ever been turtled like I was sitting upside down, um, you will know that those safety precautions are there for a reason. Uh, but uh, so we've got to address that. But, uh, you know, no major changes from an SFI or rule standpoint either. A lot of conversation, uh, no major changes, in my opinion. Um, there's also weren't any weight break changes uh, to these classes and what you can run with that stuff. I think there we need to have some discussion on that and there is some healthy discussion on tap which we will get to this year about weight changes these classes do we need them how should they be addressed and um, what is fair to all our competitors so we'll we'll address that and really dig into that as the season goes along if you have thoughts i want to hear them and i want to get the right people out and in front of this discussion because i think it's worthy of one um, but uh, all that means that we should probably predict a few things for this new year and the new decade. And let me start with this and saying, I think we can predict without question, very accurately, some historic ET bump spots in every top dragster and top sportsman uh, class sanctioning body and event that goes out there today. Um, I'm not saying every event is going to have a new uh, bump record. Um, but I'm saying in every event that people really get revved up for and ready to throw down at is going to have a, a bump change in terms of the history books. First of all, the U.S. Nationals. The U.S. Nationals are weighing in right now saying category they, – and they're just categorically denying anything that uh, that bump spot is going to stand for another 365 days. It ain't happening. The U.S. Nationals are very clear on that. PDRA is jumping in and saying – Watch those bumps get smaller by each event. That is uh, that very clear from their standpoint. And the Midwest Pro Mod Series raising their hand and politely mentioning that every bump and pole position that they had is going to get demolished in 2020. Um, I think all of those predictions were brought to you by that Magic 8-Ball, which is powered by twin turbos, 1471s, and the larger and more efficient Pro Chargers and Vortec Superchargers. Long story short, it's going to get very fast this year, and it is going to be awesome. All right, let's put it in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. Bring on with us now is your 2019 NHRA Top Dragster World Champion, Danny Nelson. Um, and if you have not heard Danny before, I want you to stop right now. Um, push stop on this one. Go to episode number 22 and learn all about the backstory of, uh, of this guy. I can't wait to have you on right now. Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Um, hey man, um, glad to have you back. Uh, you were on episode number twenty-two, and we we talked a little bit, and that was kind of in the middle of your run. But uh, mm -hmm. man, you earned your spot to come back. Um, and let's talk a little bit about what you got you here, which was that streak um, in the middle of the season last year, which was 
and I believe historic. I have not found anything that um, quite compares to that. You want to talk uh, us through that just a little bit? Well, it was just uh, uh, I'd struggled already in the year and, and the previous year pretty much. Uh, you know, a few finals the previous year, uh, but no wins. And that was the first year in four years that I've been running top racer that I didn't have wins. Uh, but I found out we had I cataracts in my eyes. Long story short, got those fixed. And then when I came out after that, the first race was Bowling Green and, and uh, won it and then went from there to Indy and went red in the semifinals. And then uh, uh, Norwalk and Columbus won both of those and had a week off and then went to St. Louis for the divisional race and won that. Uh, and we also found some stuff in the car, uh, in the tune-up, um, while I was off with my eye and things, and and that helped considerably. The car was really good all the end of the year. Uh, I think in those four races, the car moved like three hundredths, you know, in all four races. Uh, oh wow! I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the complete series, you know. <laughs> if I'm wide open to the finish line, it would, it, you know, it moved three hundredths total in four races at four different racetracks over. Uh, six weeks spread, you know. Wow. Yeah. But that's ultimately what earned us the championship, you know, was were those four races, and and uh, uh, you know it was still a hard fought battle with with Jeff Strickland, a good friend of mine, and we both wanted each other to win. Of course, we both wanted to win, you know. Sure. But uh, I got lucky and come out on the top of that deal, which you can't do with Jeff Strickland very often. <laughs> you know? No, that's exactly uh, right. Jeff's a heck of a uh, competitor, but uh, oh yeah. And by my count, what did I have this right? I had you winning twenty four out of twenty six passes in that streak. Does that sound right? That's that's pretty close. I think someone had that definite, but I don't even remember who it was now. Yeah, but yeah, it was something like that. Uh, you know, the um, now I went to to Vegas. Uh, I already had my car when I found that I won a championship. I was in Dallas at the national event. Uh, not racing, I'd taken my car in there for uh, Jim Thorpe was going to haul it to Vegas for for me. And, uh, uh, you know, if if Jeff passed me, he was at Rockingham that weekend. And right. and uh, uh, I wasn't even watching the race. I was sitting in the uh, Scott and Dickey suite in the tower watching the pros run and, and uh, looked down at my phone and I had 77 tests text messages so you know I, I assumed i knew he hadn't won the race by that time so i assumed he lost and and he was unfortunate and, and lost first round and that locked the championship up but i went ahead and went to to vegas and run the divisional because i could have could have won the uh uh division championship also i was uh one round behind my coughlin i had a better third round loss uh okay. and i actually lost third round at uh at uh, Vegas in a, a fairly easy race. I just I messed it up, and when I lose, it's me. It's not the car or the components or anything else. It's I'm I'm pretty good at messing stuff up sometimes, but uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, had a good year. Had a real good year. Looking forward to 2020. Got a lot of new uh, uh, marketing partners on board with us, uh, which you know the championship really helped that. Sure. But uh, we had had. Has, have had several for years, but uh, uh, picked up a few more at the PRI show, and and uh, that's really helped out. Yeah, who's who's all stepped up for you, Danny? Uh, 
well, we've had, you know, for the years, we've had Tim Brannon, our Brannon Performance Engines. He does all of our engine work and stuff. And, and uh, FTI transmissions, their transmission converter setups, uh, motor engineering, Vortex superchargers, of course, Hoosier tires, Raystar Pro Vortex wheels, uh, digital light electronics, uh, beyond no furnishes or shifters and things, a few other parts, CO2 parts and things. Uh, advanced product design with our fuel systems uh, for go lot lines and fittings, FK bearings, uh, JRI shocks, uh, Mark Smith Racing suspension uh, sets my shocks up for me. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Brodex heads and block in the engine, Kelly's crank, and we run steel rods, which is kind of unusual for people. But, uh, you know, this combination, this that really helped me in, uh, you know, running four years at Top Dragster, uh, I've never had a round that I lost because of a mechanical malfunction or something went wrong or anything like that. I mean, every time I lost, it was 100% me, you know, or the guy in the other lane most of the time, you know. Sure. Was just, just better than I was, but, you know. But, yeah, we, we got this year, we got Cali's uh, cranks and rods on board, Uh uh, we've ran Urson camshafts for years, Morel lifters, uh, PBM performance products helping us out, uh, Manton rocker arms and push rods, Moroso oiling system. We use Moroso oil pans, uh, oil pumps, uh, and all our oiling system products, uh, Jessel belt drive, uh, ComSync uh, with uh, Ryan Mickey. Uh, okay. uh, he came on He came on board this year. Now we're 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 running his ignition and his data recorder systems. Uh, okay. One of the top in the business, you know, on that deal. It's, right. it's a really, I watched it last year and uh, he had it on Mike Coughlin's car. Of course, Mike and I are good friends. And and, uh, and Mike ultimately ended up winning the Division Three right. uh, Top Dragster Championship. So I'm proud for Mike. And, and uh, you know, but I, I watched uh, Ryan work his magic with the ComSync stuff on on Mikey's car, and and it's just amazing how easy to operate the ignition and the data logger and the ZFI system. I just, you know, he wanted me to run a ZFI system, and I told him, I said, I'm 63 years old. I don't want to learn anything new. You know, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do this, but, you know, I've used carburetors all my life, and this thing, you know, with this new ProBoost fuel system that uh, APD came out with middle of the year, that's actually one of the things that we've done. Uh, while I was out having my eye surgery, is uh, uh, we changed all the fuel system, carburetor, fuel pump, uh, regulator, uh, uh, and everything on the car, and went to their Pro Boost systems that they just came out with. Okay, and and the car was just awesome. All you know after that all year. Uh, so hold on, let me make sure I understand this. So you were okay. running the blow through carb before your uh, cataract surgery, and yeah. then and then change it to the EFI system. After that? No. 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 It, we changed it to uh, APD came out with a new blow-through carburetor oh, system. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, called, called a ProBoost system. It's got uh, a four-port regulator, and, and uh, 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 it's got a low-speed and high-speed bypass line. Gotcha. And, it, and, it, and it, that's, it really straightened everything up. I mean, this thing, I've got 80 GTs on it, or did have, of course, this car engine and everything's all gone and we've got right. new stuff going together but uh the egts after we put the pro, pro boost fuel system on them were like 60 degrees you know cylinder to cylinder 
mm. after that. And before I could get, you know, 150 to 200 degrees difference in, in a couple of cellars. Right. So it, it really, uh, uh, you know, it really helped that part of it out, which, you know, in turn helped the consistency of it, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and being able to see a little better. Right. That right. helped yeah. the cost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That helps some. That helps some for uh, sure. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really good stuff. Um, are we missing that, any any sponsors that stepped up over the winter? No, uh, I think that's uh, I guess pretty much hit everybody a little bit, you know, and, and uh, of course, uh, you know, the sponsorship deal, we've uh, a lot of the guys and I have talked at PRI and have talked since on the phone. Uh, actually, just had a conversation with Vortec yesterday or day before yesterday. Uh, we talked to uh, some guys in another racing series had called me wanting to get in touch with Vortec, and I told them who to get in touch with. And, and uh, uh, but you know, the people that call me are in the past they have gotten help from manufacturers, and they get their products and they and they don't they just sell them. You know, right. I mean, and I'm, uh, you know, anyone that hears this, if you if you get a, you know, if you get someone that helps you out a little bit, even if it's just a, a little, you know, a discount of something, you know, on their products, don't sell their products. You know, uh, that that's been something that's been going on for years and years and years. Yeah. I'm sure it'll go on more, but that's one thing I do not do, and that's the reason I've got so much help is is they know. I mean. I'm sitting here looking at Hoosier tires, and and that's one instance I've been with Hoosier for years. You know, even before I started running top dragster, and a lot of these companies I've been with for years before I started running top dragster. But you know, I, I get an allotment of tires each year, and and if I don't use them, I sell them, but I send the money to Hoosier. You know, okay. And I do the same thing with with you know with everything. I mean, uh, the FTI stuff. You know, uh, I get a lot of help. You know, from from Greg and Paulie and all the guys at, at FTI and, and uh, you know, I, like this year I sold the car or sold the engine transmission actually separate uh, to one guy and then sold the car to another guy and we're building him a new engine transmission to go in it. But uh, uh, when I sold the transmission that you know that he helped me with last year, you know I sent him the money for it. You know, gotcha. uh, and uh, you know that's. That's something that people need to do. I, I just, you know, I hate to go on and on about that, but you know, I see people do it and, and hear people doing it, you know, time and time again. And you know, some if a manufacturer helps you out, you know, sell products for them. You know, the right. more products you can sell for them, which you know, I'm in a good position on that because of the race car shop. You know, sure. and the, you know, the people that helps me, I, I use their products. You know, of course, if someone calls and orders a, a car and wants something different. You know, we use what they want, but uh, you know, if it's uh, you know, if it's where I can, I, I sell all their products that I can. You know, and uh, you know, most of the time I don't even make any money on them if I can just sell their products and help them. You know, that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, and I, uh, I think there's been a lot of conversation uh, over the winter about securing sponsorships and and you know having marketing partners and. So much of it goes down to trust. You know, can they oh, trust yeah. you? And uh, well, if they do, you know, a lot of people go out and they and they win a, a a race, a big race, or whatever. You know, and and you know they want the manufacturers to help them with stuff, and you know, but and and a lot of them will. But you know, then when they don't promote their products, you know that 
puts a bad taste in their mouth and they're leery of, of helping someone else down the road. Right. You know, uh, and another thing I want to bring up, you know, this uh, in 2019 was the, uh, and I may be speaking a little bit out of turn here uh, because I'm not 100% sure on, on this, but I do know racing RVs pulled out of uh, uh, Top Dreiser and Top Sportsman. Right. And uh, uh, I've heard from uh, from Vortec themselves that they are going to be the 2020 Top Dreiser Top Sportsman you know, national uh, sponsor. So glad to have them on board. You know, oh, that's I got huge. Them. I, yeah, I got them at the NHRA two years ago. Uh, you know, with their Vortex superchargers and stuff, and now there's several of them, you know, running in NHRA. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that it worked out good for them, and and uh, you know, I appreciate them uh, uh, putting up all the money that it cost, and it's a considerable amount of money, you know. Right. Uh, it's not cheap. You know, to to sponsor NHRA top basher and top sportsman. Well, Brett, that's breaking news. We like it. We like to break news here. And, we don't get I to don't know. I, I, like I say, I may be speaking ahead of myself. It may not even should be announced yet. You know, so everyone don't blow it up on the internet yet because, but, uh, uh nobody uh, listens I, to the I, show, Danny. It's fine. Nobody <laughs> listens. No. Yeah. They, yeah. There's a lot of people will be listening, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm, they told me that, so I'm sure it's so. I mean, I know it's so, but it may not be completely 100% final yet. Yeah, and I think I think that's what I'm saying. Some thanks needs to go to Racing RVs because it, it was a big step oh, up yeah. for them. Yeah, without yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, they helped us out for uh, well five years that we've had NHRA, you know, championship racing, and right. uh, uh, they were there, you know, uh, for the whole journey, and they are the ones that that really got it going because they were the first. Uh, uh, national event sponsor uh, or national championship sponsor, I should say, you know, that came on board with NHRA for War Top Dragster and Top Sportsman. And that was the first year, which was five years ago. Uh, Marco Abruzzi won the first year, and uh, uh, that was the first year of a NHRA Top Dragster and Top Sportsman championship. Yeah. So that's what makes this possible, you know, is the sponsors. You know, had someone not come on board, for top basher top sportsman this year we may not have had a national champion next year right yeah you know, so true 2020 so you know uh, uh of course that's what we're that's what our goal is is to win the championship just as it has been the last four years that we've been doing this full time so you know of course most of the time it don't work out but it got lucky and it worked out this past year so well again i mean um uh, so happy for you i mean you work your butt off you're you're uh a one-man show I mean, driving your car to the lanes and you know a lot of these right. uh teams and rightfully so have uh plenty of crew helping them and you oh, do yeah. it by yourself which is just right. flat out amazing yeah, yeah. It, it, and i and i prefer to do that i mean you know i've got uh tons of if i have a problem with something i've got most of the time way too much help at the racetrack <laughs> you know, every, everybody wants to help but you know i, I live in a small town and and it's just plain and simple. There's no one in this area. There's not a lot of drag racing in Arkansas, period. Uh, and especially where I live, there's nothing, you know. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, like I say, I'm from a small town and, and my friends here and stuff, I mean, they have to work. They can't take off and go, you know, to a national event and, and you know, spend a week like we do at Indy and, and, you know, at least three or four or five days at all the rest of them. 
even the divisional races. So, you know, they just can't take off that much. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, those, the worst part I hate about the traveling deal is, uh, going and coming from the racetrack. Once I get to the racetrack, I've got plenty of help that I need it, you know. Sure. Uh, but uh, I had a deal a couple of years ago, uh, uh, broke a little piece and had to change it. And uh, between second and third round, and that was actually to, I had to buy a run third round, and getting that buy run got me in uh, eighth in the world that year. Okay. Uh, I was, I was in 11th. If I didn't make that round, that's how tight it is, you know, at the top. But, uh, and I was struggling to get it fixed and, and had several guys around, around the trailer and, and we got it done and got up and, and made the buy run. And then I ended up running, up, running up in the race. So, you know, went a little further ahead and then I dropped back, ended up ninth that year in the national points. But, you know, the top 10 is, is, uh, is a good deal for you know for any racers. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's actually what I was. I told my wife uh, before I left to go to Bowling Green. I said, if I don't do it again at Bowling Green or Indy, you know, I'm coming back home and I probably won't even run any more races because I'm not going to make the top ten. You know, well, when I won the first race at Bowling Green, that put me in like eleventh. Yep. You know, and then uh, uh, and then of course you know I went up from there. Luckily, but. Uh, you know, if I had not won Bowling Green and semifinal at Indy, I wouldn't even have went to. Uh, I know I wouldn't have went to Norwalk and Columbus, you know, uh, because that's a thousand mile drive each way for me. You know, and right. it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It was two separate. It was two separate weekends. I had to come home between the race. You know, so. Well, for uh, everybody else's sake, um, you better not give your wife that ultimatum again. Because <laughs> yeah. that was when you said that things started happening, the wind lights came on, and right. um, it was just a historic run. So, uh, yeah, really well, I appreciate that. Yeah, there was, you know, had some good runs when I needed them, and, and uh, when I didn't have so good of runs, you know, the other guy had a little bit worse. So, you know, and that's what you've got to have, you know, when you have, we had uh, uh, one round, the uh, guy had a 7,000 package against me, and he didn't win. You know, and then another round, a guy had a 10,000 package against me, and he didn't win. Normally, I won't beat them, you know. And I probably and I wouldn't have beat them several rounds during that same race if they would have had that. Sure. You know, so, you know. But you just got to, you know, it's it's who you get beside and on the on the ladder and, and uh, you know, and what they do. That's that's more so what uh, allows you to make runs like that. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So, well, yeah. thanks, thanks so much for coming on, telling us a little bit about – um, you know, that run, uh, what you've got going on over the winter time, and I'm guessing you're going to, uh, try to defend your title this year. Is that the, that the plan? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've actually got a appointment, uh, next Tuesday to get my other eye fixed. So I'm going to have two good eyes. Oh, look out, look out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it, can't really, it can't really get any better than last year. I don't think, you know, <laughs> well, everybody's on notice. Uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, thanks yeah. so much for coming on. Um, Travel safe out there and uh, go get them this season, champ. All right. See you at the racetrack. We'll do it. That was your, the right. great Danny Nelson. Whoa, let's get out of the groove just a little bit here and talk about uh, some things that uh, we don't always talk about in our classes, but certainly are drag racing related. And um, I'm going to start 
by saying this. I never make mistakes, but I screwed up. I absolutely screwed up. I did not go to Bradenton last week. Actually, we all did. All of us who were not in Bradenton last week messed up big time because, first of all, the U.S. Street Nationals were going on. Those were mostly heads-up classes. There's some non-electronic index classes, which I also really like to race. Um, but, uh, man, I got I got to make that happen. We all have to make that happen because, first of all, the weather is nice. If you're like me, you're kind of dealing with the doldrums of winter right now and, uh, I mean, get, get down to Florida do some racing, and then if things don't go right, you can go across the street to Tampa for the Gasparilla Pirate Fest. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You uh, have have two great options to make things happen and have a really great time. So count on me not to make that mistake ever again in my life. Um, so uh, Tampa, be ready for me at the end of January next year. But uh, also going on in January was some bracket racing down there in the Gulf um, that's good. So guys getting their reps in, you can, you know, and there's, I've heard some guys taking guys and girls taking, uh, their top sportsmen, top dragster cars out, just getting reps in, getting the things kink kinks worked out, making sure they're ready to go for this season. So, uh, you know, that's good stuff. And, and the ability to do that down there is great in January. Cause, uh, we do not get that in most of the country. Um, and then there was a lot of practice tree racing that happened over the winter. And this stuff has gotten to be really, really fun, actually. Um, but the practice tree racing events have really expanded. You know, some of those you guys can roll out with some really good money. I I um, did one this this winter and absolutely got my head sawed off. Um, so, but had a great time. Got to meet with friends in the off season, and you can get your racing fix without breaking any parts or ending up upside down so that is really really good stuff and um you know i'm gonna have that in my calendar for next winter okay as we hit the mile per hour cone let's bring on some uh let's talk a little tech here let's talk a little bit of tech and on the phone with us now is josh hamming um technical sales specialist at Weld Racing. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rex. Uh, first of all, you're from Kansas City, and so um, as we record this, have you gotten any sleep from your uh, the big win last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did get a, a, a good night's rest. Um, I'm not a, a huge partier, but uh, definitely watched the game and uh, rooted on our Chiefs to uh, – victory over your 49ers yeah man, that was that was a little bit hurtful i was in good shape for a long time and then uh and then the homes magic started happening and that was all she wrote so uh you know congrats buddy that was uh that was nicely done happy for you but uh yeah i know if you're a little groggy today i would i would understand <laughs> yeah for sure a lot of the city is that's for sure yeah for sure um all right man well let's uh let's talk a little racing um you're at weld wheels and um we're, we'll get into why we have you on the show in a in a second but uh talk a little bit about yourself um how you got into the sport and um you know what you do now sure sure yeah um basically you know, always been into cars, um, went to school at the, uh, at the university of Northwestern Ohio, okay. uh, got a degree in high performance motorsports. Um, from there, I worked on a, a couple nitro funny car teams for a little while, uh, did the, did the 
touring uh, professional thing there. And then uh, once I got done with that, I went to work at ProCharger. So I worked at ProCharger for about five years back in the mid-2000s. Um, left, well, 2009 happened and, uh, you know, the economy and all that kind of stuff. So they had to, to uh, let some people go in layoffs. And uh, so once that happened, I went and uh, had my own Maco Tools franchise for about eight years. Okay. And uh, now I'm at Weld. I've been here two and a half years now. Okay. Yeah, and um, all of that uh, driven your your race car as well. Like you, you still get in the seat, right? Uh, I do. Um, my car's been down for a couple of years now, um, just because of kids and life and all that other kind of stuff. And um, but uh, yeah, I've got a small tire heads up Camaro uh, that I. It's going through a lot of changes right now. It's got a Pro Charger on it and stuff, but uh, um, you know, hopefully, I'll be getting it back out within the next year or so. Okay. So you and you told me that you run um, what is it? Two thirty five series. Um, is that is that what that is? The um, the radial two thirty five class essentially. And and what is that? A small block with a Pro Charger? How, what's the setup on your Camaro? Yeah, uh, the car's actually still a Gen 2 LT1, uh, still the stock uh, engine that was in the car, um, obviously not stock anymore. But, uh, um, yeah, it's a 383-inch uh, small block with uh, an F1A Pro Charger. It's, uh, I've been 530s at 135 V8. Okay. The class, since, since I've since my car has gone down, the class has gotten considerably faster. It's, it's like a 430 or not a uh, 480 class. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, I've yeah. got a lot of, a lot of catching up to do, <laughs> <laughs> man, that those heads up, small tire heads up classes have made so much progress in the last several years. It is truly amazing, um, with, you know, how fast they're going and how they're able to apply power, um, that they just simply couldn't do, you know, with, since we're kicking off the decade, let's call it a decade ago, and um, sure. yeah, it's it's really impressive. I think with a lot of those, um, what a lot of those guys are doing right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and part of that is um, why I wanted to bring you on. Um, you know, we've had some rumors, some talk about, and some changes in the rule book um, in terms of getting uh, wheels SFI certified right now, and some guys that. Um, you know, really go above and beyond with their their paint schemes or painting their wheels and, you know, having to pull stickers off and repaint them and all that stuff. Um, maybe you could just fill us in a little bit of, on kind of uh, what the history of, of that is in terms of why um, we need to certify um, wheels and, and what was the genesis of that. And, and then does that really impact our classes in top sportsman and top dragster? I mean, personally, I've broken everything on a race car except my wheels. So that was, um, you know, took me back just a little bit when I saw that certification. Yeah. Um, basically, um, wheels have been certified for quite some time now. Um, and I haven't gone back and looked, but I, I know at least 10 years, uh, well, actually probably closer to 15 years now, um, they've actually had an SFI spec. Uh, 15, the, it's a 15 spec, so it's like 15.1 mm -hmm. through 15.4. Um, and the gist of it is, 
yeah, it's, you know, wheels don't break all the time, but it does happen. Um, they're made out of aluminum, which, um, you know, just like an aluminum connecting rod, it's going to fatigue over time. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we, like I said, it doesn't have happen often, but we have seen some instances and, in, and in mostly in like, uh, pro mod and the alcohol classes and, and even, uh, in, uh, uh, the fuel classes, we have seen some break and, uh, and it, and it all boils down to is age and, and the amount of use that they've had. Um, okay. every once in a while, you know, a car will smack the wall or something like that, where obviously something could happen to the wheel there, but, um, and, and so basically, um, starting last year, like NHRA has never really enforced and, and actually teched the wheels on, a, on the race cars. And, um, every once in a while you'll get one tech inspector here or there at, at any given racetrack that may, you know, look at the sticker or question why there you do or don't have a sticker on the wheels. And, Pretty much, basically, last year, NHRA decided that they're going to start enforcing it. Um, so, and, and technically, with any SFI-certified product, you're not supposed to modify it in any way, and you're not supposed to take the stickers off, obviously. Right. Uh, and that's where the painting and the powder coating and stuff like that comes into play, because most guys, they'll, they're going to peel the sticker off to paint it or powder coat it. And then it probably doesn't get put back on because it's, you pulled it off and it voided it and it's, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so that's where the, the problem comes in with them starting to enforce it now. All these guys that don't have stickers on their wheels anymore, uh, that they, they have to do something about it. So um, that's, that's where that comes into play. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Um, so have you seen a lot of, um, uh, activity on your end of guys sending wheels back and needing them to get, uh, reserted? Uh, yeah. Um, the thing with us is, is we don't actually recertify in-house. Um, all recertifications for weld products go through Jerry Bickle. Okay. Uh, they have all the equipment and fixtures and stuff like that to be able to check and, and make sure that the wheel, uh, is, uh, you know, able to be run, um, uh, and they, they've taken on the liability of that also. Um, so with that, you know, all recertifications, whether it's uh, like a 15-3 wheel, like for ProMod and the alcohol classes, you know, they, they're a two-year cert. So they, every two years they have to be recertified. Um, and also the, the fuel classes are a, a one-year cert. But uh, they'll they'll do any uh, any of the uh, recertifications. You just uh, call call up Jerry Bickle and and uh, let them know you're sending your uh, your wheels to them. They get it done in like a two day turnaround. Send them back to you. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. basically, uh, you know, they handle all that for us. Yeah, right, got it. And then of course, um, you'd be happy to uh, get some shiny new ones out to anybody who. Thinks that's time to do that one as well. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it and it's not, you know, this the whole certification thing isn't. You know, a lot of people try to think it's a ploy for manufacturers to get more sales and stuff like that, and that's not really the case with us. We just want everybody to be safe, you know. So um, 
you know, recertifying wheels is, is plenty fine with us unless, um, you know, they're out of round or they're, they are cracked and, 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 you know, nobody knows it or whatnot, you know, then it's probably time to, to uh, purchase a new set. But, you know, we don't, we don't go out of our way to look for things to, to try to, you know, upsell or, or sell you new wheels. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about for our classes. It's, it, we don't have a, you know, a, you don't have to have research them every single year, but um, talk a little bit maybe about um, new products that you guys have rolled out for our classes specifically that might be of interest to our guys and girls. Uh, yeah. Um, pretty much for the top dragster and top sportsman classes, we don't have a whole lot of new stuff. I mean, we've, we've come out with, uh, we've started offering uh, black shells on our 15 inch wheels. Um, so if uh, you run in those classes and still run a 15 inch wheel and tire combo, um, you can now get black shells uh, on double beadlock wheels. Gotcha. Um, you know, obviously we've, we've got our Delta wheel that a, a lot of guys are going to um, super strong, super safe, super lightweight wheel. Um, it is a little pricey, but uh, you know, uh, you know, it, a lot of guys will say that it, it's worth it. Um, cause it's lighter. Is, is it mostly cause yeah. it's lighter? Um, yeah, it's, it's lighter. Um, it's more consistent. It doesn't flex. Um, believe it or not, our, our three piece wheels, uh, do have some flex in them. Um, uh, like on the starting line and stuff like that. So, um, the Delta is, uh, much more rigid and it will, uh, uh, give you a little bit more consistency on the starting line. Okay. Um, but, uh, and that's a big yeah, deal. That's a big deal for our classes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for repeat, repeatability and, and all that kind of thing. Um, for sure. Yeah. That, that's good stuff. Um, and then, um, from, a um, double beadlock and a, a beadlock situation, um, is there anything new that we need to know about in terms of, uh, you know, new tech in terms of that stuff and, or when we can get away with not double beadlocking it. I see some guys do the like single beadlock and then, um, you know, just for the look a little bit sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much as far as like, uh, your classes, the top sportsman, top dragster, I would always recommend a double beadlock wheel, um, mainly just for, for the safety aspect of it. Um, keeping that that tire on the wheel is uh, pretty important at you know 200 mile an hour or whatnot. Um, so I would always recommend that. But as far as like uh, guys that are um, you know maybe they've got a a lower class car or whatnot, um, it's it's kind of a there there is no set rule as far as when you should go to a beadlock wheel or when you you shouldn't um, because it all kind of there's a bunch of different factors that come into play you know weight of the car horsepower level what kind of 60 foot times sure and that kind of thing so it's just a one of those variables where if you don't have a beadlock wheel now just watch for tire slippage and uh, once you start seeing a you know excessive slippage you might have to consider a, a beadlock wheel. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, well, Josh, your uh, your 
you're at Weld, you're, um, you know, well staple of the industry for sure. Um, tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like. Well, basically for me, um, uh, a lot, I do a lot of the tech and sales, uh, phone calls. So <clears throat> if you call and, and have a question or whatnot, I, I'm the, uh, drag race guy. So, um, so Josh, if somebody's calling with all your all questions about what would be the best um, option in terms of, hey, this is my setup, this is my car, this is these are my goals with that car, they would get to talk to you, and they would get to talk directly to you about, um, you know, what would work best, and you kind of walk them through that process. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Any kind of question you'd have, uh, I'm, you know, more than welcome to to help you out. Okay. And what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they do have questions about um, certifications or um, what the just the next progression for them and is in terms of their their program? Yeah, best best way to reach out is just uh, to call our uh, 800 number. Um, it's on our website and uh, uh, Google and all that kind of stuff. But uh, give us a call. Um, if I'm not the one that answers the phone, which I very well may be. Um, <laughs> right. Just ask me, and uh, you know, I'll help you out. Yeah, that's great. I, Josh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, that was a big help, kind of clarify some of the rumors and uh, you know, just thoughts in terms around um, the kind of the new SFI certification stuff. So, really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your insight, um, and um, you know. Thanks so much, and uh, reach out to Josh Hamming at Weld Wheels if, if you need him. Yep, thanks a lot, Rex. Uh, enjoyed being on. All right, let's bring it back in and take the stripe. Uh, guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 34. There it is. There's the wind light. Give it to me, Rob. Bam, let's do this. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, here's what we're going to do, actually, as we start the new decade. um, Go on the Facebook page, and the first person to tell me why we listen to Gloria at the end of each show on the Facebook page link gets a Fast Brackets Nation t-shirt. And and do this. The more detail, the better, in case there's a tie or it's very, very close. So uh, you will get to pick the size, but uh, there's only one Fast Brackets Nation t-shirt out there for you. Uh, thanks so much for our guests for coming on. The champ, Danny Nelson, was fantastic. Josh Hamming from Wells we- Weld Wheels was great in clarifying some of that misinformation out there. But uh, do me a favor, tell your like-minded Fast Bracket friends about the show. You can subscribe on SoundCloud and on that purple iTunes podcast app. Just continue to get the word out and welcome them to Fast Brackets Nation, even if they're not competing uh you can catch us on twitter at fast brackets the fast brackets podcast obviously on the facebook page i absolutely love it when you make comments you can say things like i love fast brackets you can say i go fast baby you can say i'm locked in the trunk i don't care it's all good but let this get this thing going the year of the perfect vision 2020 is off to a good start
you ever think some people just listen to hear Gloria? I, they have to. Like, it's uh, it's so good. I'm, they have to, right? Makes sense because it's not like it's uh, readily available on the internet. No. I, it can't be, can it? 